Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's bi-weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Hi, and I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also the co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm their podcast producer. Okay, then let's get right to it. Um, This week on More to Come, Batwoman Controversy. Uh, I should say Batwoman Creator Controversy. Um, More nonsense from Penny Arcade. I fanboy bites the big one. Uh, Mark Wade, comics retailer, and Heidi pays a visit to the Library of Congress and News Briefs. So, let's get to it. Um, Batwoman, creators, controversy, who wants to break it down for well, us? Well, I don't think Batwoman is even the issue. It's more like DC <laughs> Comics, creators, controversy. There is a countdown calendar on the clock that's called How Many Days Has It Been Since DC Did Something Stupid? <laughs> and I think at about midnight Eastern Standard Time, or Eastern Daylight Time last night, the clock was reset. <laughs> to quote Stacker Pentecost, reset the clock! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, about that time... The writers and uh, co-writers and artists of Batwoman, uh, W. Hayden Blackman and the great J.H. Williams III, uh, released a joint statement saying that they were regrettably quitting the book because of editorial interference. Aye, aye, aye. And uh, I went on to say that they had many storylines that they had wanted to do, including the long-simmering marriage between Batwoman and uh, her fiancé, Maggie Sawyer, Uh, But DC had said under no circumstances could they go ahead and show the wedding uh, in the comic. And, um, you know, this was enough for them to say we've had enough, especially since last-minute changes were also mentioned. Now, they have other complaints, too, about DC, other than purely the... uh, The marriage. There was also... They had originally been planning a completely different end to their current story arc, Mm -hmm. which they liked better, and were told, Mm -hmm. suddenly, you can't do that anymore because we don't like it anymore. And also they had been planning an origin story for Killer Croc and were told that they couldn't do it the way they wanted to. And so they were unhappy. But now, I am just playing the devil's advocate here. Isn't this the nature of the beast in work for hire deals? Well, I think their complaint was not so much that they weren't allowed to do it as that they weren't told soon enough they couldn't do it. Because they Mm. had done the whole thing where they were engaged, Mm. where they were going to get married, and then suddenly they're told, well, they can't get married. A lot of planning and and correspondence went on. If you had told us earlier, Mm -hmm. maybe it wouldn't have been such a problem. Feeling a little jerked around. But but Calvin, I mean, you know, if this had happened out of the blue, I think you might be correct to say this. And it would be, oh, it's so sad that one of the most award-winning books at DC that has consistently been noticed as having some of the most innovative art in comics anywhere is being, uh, the creators are leaving over a tiff. Um, unfortunately, this is about the 90th tiff that DC's had over yeah. creative interference. There's in been fact, a few. In fact, this happened to the dead of night last night, and, yeah. and I saw over my comment feed on the beat, like these comments coming in on, you know, so-and-so quits Batwoman. And I was like, why are people co- commenting on an old story? Because I, I honestly was so tired, I blanked out of the fact that this was a brand <laughs> this new This is a brand exodus. new. <laughs> yes, there were so many. And there was even a... Uh, uh, DC held a summit for all their creators. Like I think they brought 200 creators to North Carolina back in February. And 
This was supposed to be the air clearing, we're all on one team, team building summit. And in fact, at, at one point, uh, the editor-in-chief stood up and said, we're gonna stop messing around, we're gonna let you guys do it, that's a thing of the past, and that lasted for a week. <laughs> uh, uh, so, well. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I confess, I wasn't a regular reader of Batwoman. I, you know, maybe Kate, <laughs> I, like, Kate, were you? All right, right. maybe I, yes, I, 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 I It's now, probably not necessary for me to confess, <laughs> yeah. but, <laughs> but there now, you have it. I will it. say that it's one of those books that you definitely feel is paced better for trade than for individual issues because yeah. it was so visual that they were taking a long time to show anything because they wanted to show it as beautifully as possible. So it's a little slow issue by issue, but when you collect it all together, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could definitely see how they were, in order to write that way, they had to be plotting far in advance and that they could very easily be thrown. Um, but the art was amazing. The book was not like anything else currently out there. Um, if they can't somehow find someone who can fill that niche well, it's going to be a real loss. Yeah, I mean, there's only one J.H. Williams. And I think what's interesting about this is uh, they're joining such a long line of uh, people who uh, either were kicked out or are left of their own accord from D.C. I mean, it's been an exodus. They have burned through so many writers. Um, I'm, I'm actually trying to find a list right now. I've got I, some right here. Okay. Let's, I've let's, got, um, and this is all since the New 52. <coughs> and this is this is all in just the last two years. Right. Um, they lost Andy Diggle. They lost Gail Simone. They lost Joshua Hale Fialkov. They lost Rob Liefeld. And they lost George <laughs> Perez. Right. Um, all to this. Right. To and, but, that's, but that uh, didn't um, Ray Fox. No, no, he's still there. Um, 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 who was there? There was another Canadian writer. Who was the poor guy who was announced as the writer on the book and then before he, he was doing all the interviews? Oh, that was Ray. Ray Fox. He was supposed to be writing Animal Man, I think. And then before he even started on it, he was off the book. Uh, even in the middle of doing interviews. Um, you know, Greg Rucka had also left D.C. kind of, uh, oh, yeah. you know, burning the bridges behind him. Well, he didn't burn that hard. I mean, he was he was fairly polite about wanting to do his own work. But even so, um, you know, I mean, they're trying to spin this as, oh, this is normal turnover. But this is clearly not normal turnover. No. No. Something and- is... is making people unhappy in the culture at D.C. Right. And I would like to also point out one of the most interesting things about this is there definitely is a culture of speaking out or not speaking out. And, um, you know, Rob Liefeld has been speaking out because that's what (laughs) Rob does. Um, And also he's pretty much, um, you know, he's fireproof. I mean, he has his other means of income and and he's going to do other things. And interestingly, uh, people ask J.H. Williams, is this going to affect your work on Sandman? Because he's also drawing that Sandman prequel, which is DC's biggest book of the second half of the year. And he said, oh, no, that's not affecting it. So I I, I think he maybe had, I mean, this is a pretty strong statement. I thought the Mm. statement they both made was very strong uh, for someone who's continuing to work at DC. But obviously, he feels that he's insulated from reprisal uh, by, A, the level of his talent and the fact that he's already drawn their biggest book of the year. Well, I think also maybe he feels this is perhaps more... A complaint and a withdrawal as a writer than as an artist. I mean, he's leaving the book whole cloth, but he may feel that 
while he may not want to write for them anymore, he can continue to draw other people's scripts. Right, right, right. And um, I don't know, D, like I said, DC's burnt through an awful lot yeah. of people. And uh, Greg, Brian Bendis of Marvel was already tweeting to J.H. Williams. I was like, hey, let's talk. <laughs> it was literally like, oh, you know, read my email. And J.H. was like, okay, I will. So uh, between the lines. Well, another I mean, creator is looking for work. <laughs> so but, uh, The interesting thing is that um, Marvel and DC both goes go through these eras and typically what I'm never going to work at Marvel or DC again really means is I'm never going to work at Marvel or DC again while the same people are in charge. Yeah. So it, if and when Didio moves on to other things in his life, um, we may see a flood of favorite old names coming back. Well... Yes, I, I mean, I think... <laughs> Hold your breath, I waiting think, for that to happen. No, 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 wait for it. I would say it's just that there will be a whole, mean, new, sure. a whole new uh, stable of, uh, yeah. you know, creators. Yes. I mean, the same thing... In has, this alternative yes. universe. Well, no, it's not that unreasonable. <laughs> that it's doesn't happened, include no, him. It's, it's happened many, many times for mm. both companies. There, There's been a lot of vows well, no doubt of I'm never leave coming at some back. Point. Of I'm never coming back and coming back as soon yeah. as a new editor is mm. in place. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it all has to do with economics. Uh, yeah. I, you know, this wasn't on our, our story list, but just kind of bringing it up, because I mean, I think a lot of this does have to do with the ability of creators to uh, move around and have some sort of career trajectory or, or path. And, you know, it's just announced today, Matt Boris, who's, you know, one of our yeah. favorites, the mm -hmm. political cartoonist, yeah. announced that he had been hired by Medium, uh, which is a website started by Ev Williams, the co-founder of Blogger and Twitter. Uh, to be kind of a long-form journalism site. And apparently Matt has been hired to add a wage to be an editorial wage. And right. it sounds like a great gig. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. they're not pressuring him with deadlines. Yeah. He can kind of be, have, be thoughtful about right. putting his content up there. Well, uh, they just hired him to do what he was being very successful with yeah. at his own site uh, to put it on their site. Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, that is uh, obviously having an outlet like Medium available to a creator like Matt Boris is very unusual, but... Uh, you know, maybe it's the exception to the rule, but uh, yeah. that's what we need more of. Is more. I also sort of suggest maybe this is signaling some kind of shift in the economy well, I hope for so. comics. <laughs> I mean, it, it certainly would be nice to think so. Yeah. Um, um, although, to be fair, other publishers in the same economy are not having that kind of turnover. Yeah. Well, make of that what you will. Hmm. That's true. Um, that is very true. Now, from a fan. Point I think we view. see also kind of an exodus of, of uh, or, or 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 a decision by at least some of the DC uh, former creators uh, to go to Image. Well, yeah, that's very, I, a I lot the, of Marvel creators. Yeah, as well as Marvel creators, Marvel, obviously. Marvel, Although they're, so. they're actually sharing. A lot of the creators are still at Marvel, but also working Image as well, mm -hmm. because yeah, they're apparently not sufficiently paid. Well, and probably to probably shouldn't be conflating the two, but but yeah, but from a fan perspective on this issue. The other side of this was uh, one of the last straws was not allowing the Batwoman, Mag Sawyer marriage to go forward because uh, they don't like superhero marriage. Yes. Because they feel that it quote unquote ages the character. And um, as see Superman being rebooted as not married to Lois Lane and at Marvel the whole Spider-Man sells his marriage to the devil debacle. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so, which is all very interesting given that uh, the Hugo Award winning <coughs> comic that's selling like gangbusters, Saga, 
is about two characters who get married before the story even starts. <laughs> a baby and spend most of the issues squabbling about the things that yeah. actual married couples squabble about. And it's well, like it, fighting it's enemies a, and running away yeah. for their lives. Knocked down, incredible hit. And yeah. So because people don't want to read about married yeah. characters. Well, I like and it. also in an era where gay marriage is kind of an everyday concept. It seems to actually draw enormous amount of traffic when someone does do a story about it. Yeah. They, they're just sort of walking well, away from it. Well, didn't Marvel have a big gay wedding? Yeah. Between, uh, a big gay wedding, yes. Between North yeah. Star and uh, his boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are, to be fair, not exactly frontline characters. Yeah. Well, but, did you know... Archie have a gay wedding? Yes. Yeah, well, like it's a the future biggest, imaginary wedding. Was one but, of the... Biggest selling. Well, I mean, I'm, no, yeah. I'm no, I'm talking about the gay wedding. No, that's what I mean. Between, uh, between, uh, yeah, the, the new character. Yeah, but that was part that's of the future. It was a future. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. But, because uh, the, right but now he's a teenager. Even an imaginary wedding is a huge selling. Is well, a huge selling. You know, point. if I could, do, oh, go ahead. Well, Kate. I was going to say, yeah, I sure. actually, in in a way, I at least am glad that DC is not getting characters invested in a marriage. They have. No interest in continuing yes. because an empty um, shell of a that marriage. They're, that they're, well, that they're not doing <laughs> too much like real marriages. Well, but yeah, no. <laughs> they're, they're not doing the whole um, Black Panther and Storm thing where they're like, "Yes, we're gonna have a wedding issue, and it's gonna sell a million copies, and then we're gonna get them annulled a year and a half later because we don't know what to do with married people." Mm-hmm. Um, well, it reminds me of Kim Kardashian and that poor yeah. sap she married. You know, yeah. it's like let's get all the ratings. Oh, I think it's more than one poor sap yeah, that she right? married. Yeah. Actually, now um, the numbers are rising yeah. on the poor saps that have married. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, or, or indeed the the whole um, green arrow black canary thing where they were married and then they were not married and there was a okay. wedding. Well, album I was issue going to I was going to point stuff. to um, to uh, the the start of the crisis era at, at DC at the identity crisis, which was oh, all yes. about Jean Loring. Uh, was it or Sue Dibney? Excuse me, it's all about Sue Dibney. Because uh, there used to be actually quite a few happily yes. married couples in DC, and yes. somehow they managed to continue to superhero. Right, but I, you know, that one, you know, forcibly uh, ended the elong- marriage of a, the elongated man and his wife by having her uh, sodomized and oh, that's um, right. and, that's and bur- murdered yeah. and burnt, and her corpse yeah. uh, burnt uh, to a crisp. I, and I mean, then, I then they found it in the kitchen, and it was very upsetting for the superheroes. Yeah, they I, I do bad things. I guess. Just not getting married is better than killing Maggie Sawyer. But yeah. seriously, dudes, <laughs> if these are your options, you should, well, you should I, look at I'd your like, issues. I'd like to point out something. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I say I say things on the podcast that I don't write. And this is one of them. But uh, it's interesting to me. Very, very content, folks. Me that uh, all of the people writing DC Comics uh, were divorced over the last 10 years. And a few of them have remarried. <laughs> but it is absolutely true that about five years ago, every person in a position of authority at DC was going through a divorce. So, you know, they've been they've seen the clouds from both sides now. <laughs> Just say it. Yes. <coughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. You hear it all here here first, folks. All right, moving on. Uh, what's up with Penny Arcade and oh. the their return uh, to controversy? So, <laughs> yes, yes. Who, who volunteers I, to wade I, into I this volunteer. mess? I volunteer. I <laughs> volunteer. Okay. I, I, all I know is what I read in The Guardian, so... Yeah, yeah. lo, these many, <laughs> many strips of Penny Arcade ago, they did a strip which was really a joke about how terrible the morality standards in video games were, that, like, if your character rescued people from being hurt, it didn't actually give them points, and they would be better off grabbing some treasure. And so the way they dramatized this was by the question of whether or not you should 
rescue people from being raped by quote unquote dick wolves. <laughs> and it was a possibly tacky comic, depending on how you looked at it. A lot of people said they found it troubling. And instead of just allowing people to say they found it troubling, they got into little petty wars with anybody who dared to say they thought the comic was stupid or offensive. And they didn't leave it there. They decided that they were going to make t-shirts and gigaws and so on called Team Dick Wolves in order that people might purchase these to show how much they supported the idea of putting comics out there that offended rape victims. <laughs> and so their marketing manager was like, dude, you can't do that, and made them pull the merchandise. And pretty much everyone put it in the past. But then, at the latest Penny Arcade Expo, on stage, Mike Kurluik, uh, one of the two co-creators of Penny Arcade, announced to his, his uh, marketing manager that, man, you know, I really still regret the fact that you guys pulled the Team Dick Wolves merchandise. And the audience um, cheered. And many, many women who were in attendance felt a little... Skeeved out. Didn't their manager also say, yes, that was a mistake? Well, we don't know what exactly part he meant was a mistake. We haven't been able to parse it that quite that closely. To be fair, I think any marketing manager would want to stay far, far away from this nonsense. Um, although probably this is a sign that they really need a PR manager yeah. too. Um, and the thing that makes this interesting is that this isn't just a bunch of comic creators saying stupid things on the internet. They now have a great deal more power than just comic creators because they're running the biggest gaming expos in the United States. And around the world. That PAX. The world. Yeah. It's called PAX. Um, there's a PAX mm. regular PAX. There's PAX East. There's a PAX Australia. Yeah. Um, it, these these conventions are definitely spreading uh, across the globe because video games are very popular. And, and the people who used to run video game expos had backed out right. and Penny Arcade took over right. the market. And I, oh. So they're, it's, it's less like a web cartoonist so they, saying something yeah. and more like Stan... Lee while running Marvel saying Yeah, something. these guys are very big players in the video Absolutely. game industry. And uh, it's funny because I think last time on the podcast we kind of got into a little argument where I was the one saying, you know, you, we shouldn't always be going over the negative and all that sort of stuff. And I feel this story is is kind of the, the, the case where you really should because we're not just talking about a single creator saying mm. something dumb or even a publisher putting out something that is a little questionable. We're talking about two of the most powerful people in the video game industry who are absolutely oblivious to um, to not only their place, but just how to quell a controversy. And, uh, or you know, how to behave appropriately in public. Yes, and I mean, it's not like the video game uh, world, unfortunately, does not have horrible uh, issues with <laughs> women, uh, with the, the escalation of rape culture. Uh, and and it's 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 very dismaying. I'm very I mean, sad to, to hear this. To give you more concrete problems and issues connected to this, um, the game designer Elizabeth Sampet, who incidentally says that she's going to have to continue to appear at Penny Arcade if she wants to continue to sell her games because she knows that if you don't appear at these conventions, your your sales just go down. Um, that 
earlier this week, she took them to task for um, not being very good at following up on allegations of harassment and indeed sexual assault at their conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when she, you know, posted her criticism, um, she got thousands of uh, murder and rape threats, not mm. only to her but to her children, within several mm. days of posting this. Yeah. And, and and then of course to have the the really the leaders of this company sort of. Fanning the flames of this kind of behavior yeah. with like I mean, spectacularly irresponsible comments from a public stage. It's really dismaying. It is. Yeah. It I is. mean, I, I think they think of themselves as as edgy comic creators yeah. who can say whatever they want because they don't really matter. And they're not realizing that in their position of power with a culture that's already pretty messed up about gender about and rape. With, yeah, absolutely. That that they're really making a lot of people very, very uncomfortable. And indeed, many of them, according to some inside sources, are feel unhappy about this, but unable to speak out because they're afraid they won't be allowed yeah. to come back to these conventions. They'll be blackballed. For you know, I, I never thought I'd, I'd say this, but uh, if the Penny Arcade guys hired Mark Miller as their spokesman, they'd come <laughs> off a lot better. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's they, true. They, <laughs> in, comparison, in comparison, in comparison, Mark Millar is a Paragon yeah. of uh, PR, appropriateness. Yeah, or of, 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 of oh my PR sensitivity. Oh my God. You know. Yeah. Well, so uh, I mean, this is definitely more to come on this. To consider, this guys. kerfuffle, <laughs> as I like to call them, has just gotten going because Pax just wrapped up, and this this one's mm. just got hold. And um, I'm sure there'll be a lot more to hear, a lot more to come on this. But uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. You know, sometimes they, they do have a, a mixed history where, in, in many um, of their controversies of dumb in the past once enough people sat them down and were like no really here let me explain to you why this is bad they they've apologized yeah. but apparently this one at least Krilluik is is just this is the hill he's gonna stake his flag on <laughs> so yeah, this should be yeah, interesting yeah dubious choice uh, i mean well i mean uh, i mean it's interesting because there there are no, i mean pax is, is, is has really grown but, I mean, there's a number of businesses that they have to work with mm-hmm. um, to put these things on. I yeah. mean, I, if fans really start taking this really to the highest levels, they have to wonder whether they can continue with this, well, see, this problem, kind of behavior. The problem is that, unfortunately, for every fan who's, like, getting in fights with raped people about rape jokes is, is bad, um, there are ten fanboys who are, like... We don't care. Rape is funny. We love this comic. Right. We're being edgy. We're mm. totally edgy, dude. You just don't understand our yeah. souls. Mm. So it may feel like they're popular enough that they would rather offend the people who don't like rape jokes than the people who love the comic. And there's no reason why those two groups have to hate each other, but... Um, well, I mean... The flames are being fanned. The people that feel offended are not... Against the comic, no. they read the comic. They read. They the just comic. don't like, you they're, know, they're, they're spectacularly like, stupid section. Yeah, and, <laughs> and offensive. And the thing is, a lot of people didn't object to the original comic. They're like, it was a little tacky, whatever. And I mean, are specifically saying that in their objection that they're more objecting to like fanning the flames and shaming and yelling at the people Absolutely. who are triggered by the rape joke. You know, that's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why, you know, why they would recreate yeah. this controversy? Well, I mean, they, you know what? This is what they call an unforced error. 
Yes. 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 Okay. yes. So. All right. And on that note, we're going to move on a little bit. Um, uh, iFanboy, uh, sad to say, is shutting down well, operations. You know, well, but although the, the content will they're be maintained. They're, they're shutting down their website. They're shutting down their website. They're still going to be the doing podcast. Their yeah, the podcast will continue. Which, as we all know, is the most important part of any media operation. <laughs> but, uh, podcast rule. If we do say so <laughs> ourselves. Um, um, and indeed, that's what got them known in the first place. Um and their, all their old content on the website will remain there, but there will be no new regular website content mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, this the handwriting was on the wall for them, I think, ever since the well, they had been unacquired by Graphically. I know I, that was sort of startling, but where essentially Graphic handed them they were, well, to I, themselves. Yeah, we don't want well, I don't think that was actually that startling if you study this, well, which I, I guess do. But, uh, you know, a few, years ago, a, few, a few years ago, before Comixology was Comixology, there were quite a few players in the digital comics yeah. arena. There was Comixology, there was Iverse, mm-hmm. and there was Graphically. It was Graphically, yeah. And Graphically yeah. had a lot of VC money, and one of the things mm-hmm. they did with it was they bought iFanboy. And one of the first, when, when I first, one of the first things I ever wrote about them, they indeed were bragging about right, 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 right. being a part of them. So, so. you know, they, at that point, it was felt that you needed to have some kind of content, uh, mm-hmm. you know, written content driver to fuel your uh, web your well, comics, your which Comixology also used to have a website, if you may recall. They which, do have well, a website. They, well, but, they, but they had with original content, because mm-hmm. I remember Karen mm-hmm. Green used to write a column, and um, they well, actually that, that, had, that continues, though. That, no, they don't have new columns anymore. Uh, I mean, they have a website, but they don't have any uh, new columns. Because I thought Karen was still posting columns, yeah, but perhaps yeah, not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but um, anyway, so mm. I, you know, my fanboy went on, and it had a very uh, loyal audience that visited all the time, and they turned out some content that I, it was uh, excellent, mm-hmm. I, I felt, um, uh, you know, variable uh, as it is. But uh, then earlier in the year, graphically has really kind of faded on the scene. They tried to reinvent themselves as an ebooks publisher and, and then as an ebook distributor yeah. and, uh, and, and translation uh, money. They don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. well, translation running a full service website is very expensive. Yeah, mm. <laughs> and I guess it wasn't making any money. So that was the end of yeah. that. Well, as I said, uh, iFanboy lives on uh, through um, its podcast, so uh, it hasn't left the scene completely. But, you know, it's been a year of disruption in comics media. Uh, There was also Comics Alliance almost got shut down, but it was rescued at the last minute. And um, And we're uh, glad to have it back. Yes, you know, but Blog at Newsarama has Mm. gone away, Drawn went away. I mean, there's a bunch of Mm. websites. It's a constant flux. It comes, it goes. But um, right now we're just in a retrenchment cycle as the web itself evolves. Okay, moving on. Mark Wade, um, comics retailer. Um, isn't this the man who uh, launched Thrillbit, the digital first site? Um, some retailers were a little dubious of, of whether he uh, had ill thoughts about you know paper comics and print retail at all. But now he seems to have come firmly down on both sides. Well, he's not only a customer, he's the president. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so not only is he not against uh, print retailers, he, now- he-, shop and- he also announced that he was co-investing in a store whose name I do not remember. I, I think it's called Oh Yeah Comics, but it's in a neighboring no, town it. owned by cartoonist uh, Art Ball Comics, and they're awesome and they're amazing. So basically they own a store in a neighboring town, and uh, Wade and the Oh Yeah guys have co-invested in each other's stores. They did Tiny Titans, actually. Tiny, yes. Yes. Since he joined uh, Jeff Johns, yes. as also who was also a... Investor. An investor in, uh, I think, the Earth 2 uh, comic that's stores right, in L.A. Right. 
Yes. So, um... Anyway, well, he promised that he would start uh, writing columns about what it's like to be a comics retailer. And he'll actually be running the cash register some days of the week. So... So if you're going on a road trip and you love Mark Wade... This may be a That's stop for There you, you go. Muncie Alter Ego. And I'm looking forward to the column. Uh, Mark's a smart and entertaining oh, uh, writer. Yes, and yes. Uh, I, I suspect we'll get some some illuminating and entertaining uh, uh, stories sure about, him. Have a lot to about say. his new role as a comics retailer. Uh, now, let's get to something that's really interesting. Um, Ms. Comics goes to Washington. Uh, Heidi McDonald, our own Heidi the Beat McDonald, is going to be speaking at the Library of Congress, please tell us more. Well, uh, this came about because last year uh, they were announcing the Library of Congress has begun a collection that is tied into SPF's Small Press Expo. And uh, as part of it last year, Dean Haspiel donated his mini comics yes, to mm-hmm. them. And I said, that sounds amazing. You get to give away your crap and it goes in the <laughs> Library of Congress. So I said, I would love to give my crap to the Library of Congress as well. But you know, one person's crap actually turns out to be an amazing collection of mini comics. So, or so they tell me. But yes, I have donated uh, a lot of my mini comics to the Library of Congress uh, because I never saw them and uh, more for the people to share them in the, in the future archives. And as part of this, you get to give a little talk. So I will indeed be giving a little talk next Friday at noon. It is open to the public. Um, uh, my talk has, I, I went back and forth for a long time on what I was going to talk about. Should I talk about mini comics? Should I talk about graphic novels? Should I talk about this? Uh, but I decided I would talk about graphic novels. And uh, the talk is called Beyond Watch Mouse. And about a few books that I feel were influential in the development of the graphic novel that haven't quite gotten there, uh, that aren't necessarily on the top ten list. So, cool. And what those are, I haven't figured out yet. So. <laughs> but I actually have a, a bunch of... Um, I'm going through, the, well, this weekend, going through my own library of Heidi's apartment. There you go. And uh, looking for some, The library know, of Heidi. Yes, the library of Heidi's, yes. Uh, I think that's awesome, and it also reminds me that I think about five long boxes of independent comics from the 80s just languishing in my apartment. But that's yeah. a story for another well, time. Well, it's true. You know what? But the, the, the cardening thing about this for all of us pack rats, Calvin, is that more and more instit- educational institutions are taking donations of important collections. And um, so, you know, there is hope for pack rats. There you go. All right. Yeah, and, and hope we'll for... that in uh, mind. For comic lovers in the future trying to research otherwise obscure comic yes. topics. Well, that that also is another topic there is that, you know, really the role of, of comics as a as a research subject and, and tool uh, is probably, once again, we're probably at a, is, it's probably never been better with these new collections at the Library of Congress, uh, Columbia University, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the, the traditional ones that are already there. More, I suspect we'll be seeing more every day. So this is, uh, once again, it's a, it's a whole new world for comics. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, and on that note, news briefs. On that note, news briefs. Okay, so at this year's Science Fiction World Con, uh, the Hugos were announced, and the Hugo for Best Graphic Story went to Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. I'm stunned and shocked and surprised. Yes, yes, that's a... Well, they had a fairly... Not. (laughs) They had a fairly good slate this year. Um... It's, it's still one. It's, it's fellow <laughs> nominees were Granville Bet Noir by Brian Talbot from Dark Horse, uh, Lock and Key Volume 5 from Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez from IDW, Schlock Mercenaries Latest Volume from Howard Taylor, and Saucer Country from Paul Cornell, 
Brian Kelly, Jimmy Broxton, and um, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble pronouncing this guy's name. Um, Gohan Suzuka, I think. <laughs> Goran Suzuka. Okay. Goran Suzuka. Okay. Uh, from With apologies Dark, to Goran. From, we're very sorry, man. From Vertigo. Um, and previous winners include Girl Genius and Digger. Did nice. Girl Genius like win for like yeah, 10 years in a row or something? So they, okay. Yeah, they had to recuse themselves and become winners emeritus. Um, okay, well, that, that's Brian K. Vaughn may have to do the same one day. And but anyway. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Joss Whedon won for Avengers for a uh, long-form presentation. On less happy notes, if you love Viz Digital Comics, now is the time to make your purchases because as of October 1st, the prices go up. Um, at the moment, you can get um, your digital Viz manga at $4.99 a volume. But as of... October 1st, the prices go up to $6.99 per volume. So you'll be saving $2 per volume, which once you have a series of Naruto length, adds up. (laughs) (laughs) Keep this in mind, digital comic collectors. Uh, I think digital editions of the Viz Big editions, the omnibus editions, will also go up. Yes. But they they haven't set a price necessarily. No, they haven't. So Print, um, uh, standard print price remains the same. Print prices, no change. $9.99. Yes. But digital... Get them while they're hot. Okay. Odd timing seems to be raising digital prices. No. Just as you're getting a big digital audience, but... Well, I, th- wow. I think it's because because they now have a bigger digital audience, and people are now aware of it, they feel secure enough that they can raise the mm, price. Yeah. And two, I think they're raising the price now in time for the Christmas season. No, no doubt. So, but they're trying to take advantage of, of people, you know, buying quickly in a panic sale... Well, then we well, get the best of, yeah. worlds, yes, best of all possible worlds. Best of all possible worlds. Also, things being sold in comics, um, Fantagraphics is now going to be carrying Don Rosa's Disney Duck comics. Now, They're collecting them. They're collecting them, mm. and they're bringing them out. Now, they're already known for their reprints of the classic Karl Barks works from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Don Rosa, his comics have... A son of Doc Carl Bach. No, he's not, he's, it's not his son. He's only <laughs> in his dreams. Oh, yes, but he, yeah. I guess he wishes he was, but, yes. but go he, on. He, he's, he's the uh, next generation of There you go, next gen Carl Bach. And his comics have been widely beloved and collected overseas, but have not been collected in English editions in the United States. So, uh, if... You have been, you know, special ordering your deck comics from Germany. You don't have to do that anymore. Fantagraphics is on the case. Well, you know why? I just to point this out. Like this has all been inferred from a uh, a Amazon posting that went up early. So I mean, they are doing it, but they haven't released the details or anything. But uh, you know, just based on the Amazon listing, it sure looks awesome. So um, yep. you know, cool. Well, things. no, uh, they. The uh, Comics Alliance talked to Fantagraphics, and um, they have said that, yes, they're they're adding Rosa to their list. So it's not just the Amazon list. No, 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 yeah, but I I mean, yes, it wasn't, yes. Yeah, they haven't given us a five-year plan or anything, but they are publishing some Don Rosa. Yes. Yeah. In collections. Okay. Um, Now, we all know that anime fans tend to be tech-savvy. Although, apparently, manga creators took a while to figure this out. But, 
their enthusiasm cannot be underestimated because the new record for the most tweets about the same thing in one wow. second has been broken by shattered shattered <laughs> by a rerun a rerun of Hayao Miyazaki's 1986 Laputa Castle in the Sky when 143,199 tweets went out in the exact same second from fans who were watching that rerun. When the characters said the magic word, BALSE, the fans tweeted along. We and only wish you could see Kate's face as yeah. she acts out this news brief. You know, this brief. needs to become it, a it video. Is, it's it's, it's, it's clearly the lack of video here. Yeah. And you, 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 you people don't know what you're missing. But continue, Kate. But, it's thoroughly entertaining. But <laughs> it, it outnumbers the uh, previous record for the amount of the same tweet in the same second by over 100,000. I mean, wow. yes. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, out, like, it, it, it outpaces... Um, the presidential election. It out it outpaces the Super Bowl. What it, about uh, it outpaces my, Sharknado? What about Miley Cyrus? Did it yes. Be a problem? <laughs> yes. Crap. There you go. It outpaces twerking, ladies yeah, and so gentlemen. We've, we've eclipsed twerking with balls. All <laughs> yes. right. There you go. So if you want to go viral, go anime. Don't mess with Japanese pop culture fans. Yeah. And that wraps it up for this week. All right. But only for this week, because there's always... More to come. There you go. I don't even need to say it.